It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast and happy 2022 if you're into that sort of thing. We're going to take a look today at the uh, the cars coming in 2022 and maybe some of the cars that should have come in 2022 and may be delayed. And we're also going to talk about CES and all the fun vehicular things there and just the state of CES in general. Uh, fascinating topics there. Um, anyways, I'm joined by Mike Breeling and Ben Spreen. I am Jordan Schieffer, and Kyle Connor is on his way home from dinner, so we should see him soon. Um, and I think he's in the Kia Carnival, so we may hear about that Ooh. as well. So, great car slash minivan slash SUV. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, that's old news. It's a 2021 model, even, which is crazy. Um, yeah. What, uh, yeah, guys, what are you excited for in 2022 car wise or, or what was supposed to come out and now you have to wait a whole year, in which case we may as well just skip this year. Honestly, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a do over repeat, you know, great COVID's going, you never know. It might be another skipped year. Gosh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm still holding out for the 2019 Tesla Roadster. Anyway, <laughs> I think yeah. it's 2020, right? I can't remember what they announced it when they launched it. It was there. I should. Oh, I it was many it years was, ago. I took a Five. founder's deposit of 250k. <laughs> I don't even. I feel bad oh, for that oh. guy, actually. Man, yeah. that money could have been turned into like a couple million dollars today. Yeah, with the way the market's been. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, but, yeah. uh What's on your list? Yeah. So cars that I am excited for that are coming out this year. Well, I mean, I'll just give one, then we can all go around again if we want to. Uh, but I mean, uh, Polestar three, uh, really excited for Polestar's performance SUV as they call it, which should be coming out later this year. Um, really look forward to that. I think Polestar brand is on fire right now. I mean, the Polestar one is one of the best looking cars, uh, in production or was in production. I think they've sold them all by now. 
um, in my opinion. And the Polestar 2 is just an amazing EV. Uh, it's everything good about Volvo, plus a really cool uh, Google automotive uh, infotainment screen. And in Polestar's, it's nice and huge, whereas in the Volvo, it's like a nine-inch touchscreen. So I think if Volvo ever updates their cars, eventually they should put in the big, I think it's 11-inch or 12-inch screen, um, or bigger even. So uh, really excited for the Polestar 3. I think it's going to be really competitive and uh, just a really solid entry into a very crowded uh, SUV segment. Personally, if I got one, I would wrap it just like this photo. If anyone is watching on <laughs> YouTube, flies. Yeah, yeah, if anyone's watching on YouTube, there's a Polestar 3 picture that essentially looks like a giant QR code on wheels. And I would <laughs> totally wrap my car like that. In fact, I might wrap my Miata like this. It's awesome. Pretty <laughs> uh, cool on the Miata. Yeah, but there's a, not to derail this too much, but there was a great video I saw on YouTube a few years ago where someone camouflaged up an existing car and drove it around the LA Auto Show like area during the LA Auto Show. It was just like a, a 2006 Honda Civic or something underneath. But they like kind of tried to like camouflage it so you couldn't quite tell what it was. And like just the hilarity of people like, what is that? And these guys are driving around in this like clapped out car. <laughs> That'd be so funny. I mean, picture like there's a lot of people have taken like even even a first gen Miata and just electrified it with like batteries you can buy from home depot imagine doing that to like the newest miata and then camouflaging it and removing the exhaust pipe from the rear diffuser <laughs> and like doing an intentionally bad job of camouflaging people would lose their minds uh that's a Game, great like idea. a manufacturer plate to throw on the back of it yeah one from like porsche <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no the full star three is intriguing um mm -hmm. and it's the full star two is so good but the only not great things sort of is the it's just it just takes a while to charge and doesn't have the best range um but we're gonna see those concerns disappear throughout the coming years so it'll be interesting to see the state of things in 2022 yeah. of course we'll do a recap at the end of the year so yeah it'd be, i'll be curious to see how far we progress this year it's, it's pretty gradual so far but you never know there could be a crazy year that Shows us some new tech, some new battery chemistry, solid state someday. Who knows? Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, what I mean, else? the great thing is with uh, software updates, over-the-air updates now that a lot of manufacturers are doing, a lot. you can change in incremental amounts of charging power and things like that. So look mm -hmm. forward to seeing what uh, Volvo and Polestar roll out over the year. Yeah, same. Um, ben, shoot me a car. What are you? I think you I think I have the best car to look forward to, oh, which really? is okay. the Gordon Mori Automotive T50S. Yes, it is. Yes. I, you're gonna I mean, they're all sold, so it's not like I'll ever even be able to sit in one. But I mean, talk about a car that's built purely for like the car enthusiast and car sensations. I'm all about that. It's probably gonna be the last thing like this ever built. You know, with the exception of maybe the current GT Porsche lineup and stuff like that. But uh, that's a pretty cool car. Or actually, so, the T50, because I think it doesn't have the wing, personally. Oh, yeah. But the, the, not that I get, I should be picky <laughs> on a car I'll never own, and they're all sold anyway. So. T50 but, looks uh, so good, again, for our YouTuber uh, audience. If, if you're listening to this, great. 
but go back and look it up on YouTube just so you can join in. If you're driving and listening to this, pull over and look at it. Yeah, yeah, pull over, stop Mm -hmm. everything. Um, Yeah, T50, for those who don't know, is the stunning spiritual successor to the McLaren F1, also a Gordon Murray Mm -hmm. design. Uh, And he, he just, you know, center seat driving experience. That's what it's all about. Uh, but this is so good. It looks fantastic. Um, I mean, the McLaren F1, a car renowned as an excellently engineered product with, you know, you know, being as close to perfection as you could get is what a lot of people would describe it as. Uh, uh, Gordon, the man who designed it, when asked about it, said, oh, there's a lot of stuff we got wrong and some parts of it were quite poor. <laughs> like, you know, he, he has this like urge to, you know, generate perfection in any way he can. So it looks like he's kind of getting to do exactly what he wants with his own company this time. So that'll be cool. Um, do we do, I know you had EV. What about you, Jordan? Um, yeah, that's hard. There's so many cars I'm looking <laughs> forward to. Honestly, a bunch I was looking forward to, like, I guess the Amira has been delayed to 2023. Mm-hmm. The Volkswagen ID buzz 2023. Um, but what <laughs> was going to be this year and now looks to be, well, wait, yeah, what was going to be 2021 and now is 2022. I'm excited to see the first um, R1S in person. Ooh. I have not seen one in person yet. R1T blew my mind. It looks so good. Um, but the R1S is really intriguing. Um, I should probably, yeah, especially because there's been some tweets shown of that. Uh, oh, here's Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there baby. he is. Hey there. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Sorry I was late. Just finishing up dinner. No problem. All good. Yeah, we were talking about the, the cars we're anticipating in 2022, as well as all the ones. Well, not all, but yeah, we're the honorable mentions that have been delayed because of... <laughs> oh, there's delayed. so many cars. Yeah. I have uh, one that I was looking forward to, but I just looked up and realized it's been axed. Uh, pretty far into the development cycle, which was the Jaguar XJ electric model. Uh, I kind of forgot that they said they didn't want to make it, even though there's photos of like a prototype driving around. that looks pretty close to completion. I'm not sure what happened there. I thought that was going to be a nice looking car, but uh, Ooh, yeah. But also yeah. Cybertruck, because I want to see Cyberlander have to build their thing. <laughs> if that even comes out like we don't even know if cybertruck is going to show up this year it's not for cybertruck i just want to see all those people who have promised successors for it have to actually make their accessories yeah. right now cyberlander's Cyberland like oh thank god it's not out yet <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but i guess yeah r1s and i don't know we, we were just talking about before the show the renault magan e-trek or e-tech uh, but of course we don't get that in the u.s but i don't know we can we can we can talk globally. There's a new Alpine A110 facelift coming. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like to go yep. over to Europe to drive. Um, that needs to happen. That's been a car I have been obsessed with for years, and so far it's just a figment of my imagination and a car I own in Forza. I mean, that's that's about it. So <laughs> what about uh, the uh, the Lotus Amira? Are you talking about that yet? Uh, yeah. So that I want to drive that so bad but that's also been delayed although i think we could probably get a chance to drive it as a, from a media perspective but the actual deliveries are now 2023 it looks like so yeah that's a, a bummer but that we know the guys at lotus we should be able to get a ride in this year 
Yeah, that needs to happen. <laughs> I, I'm thinking Amira versus A110. They're probably not exactly competitors. Maybe the four-cylinder Amira. I don't know. Um, but they're, yeah, fantastic. Cayman. Cayman, GT4 RS, and the Club Sport. Um, what else? Yeah, there's that. I mean, that. oh, yeah, that's a combustion engine car. So the mm. thing is, we kept thinking of EVs we're looking forward to, but combustion engines were, like, slipping our mind. Um I felt I like know. I knew everyone was going to pick EVs. I wanted to pick EVs, so I just picked all the gas cars that I was interested in. Also, Ferrari's <laughs> SUV uh, is happening. I'm not oh. excited for that car. I just can't wait to see it because, one, if it's good, then that's great. And two, if it's bad, we all get to make fun of it. So either way, it's a win. So, so here's what – because I actually have to run. I can't stay for too long. So let me just hit you with one that comes to mind. It is the refreshed Audi e-tron. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's actually that was on the list. called the Q8 e-tron for the refresh. Ooh. Oh, cool. Audi's name. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of makes sense now. Now it makes <laughs> sense. I know. But just... Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a good one. And yeah, excited for iX and i4 to mm -hmm. go on sale. Hopefully iX does well. Just drove that. I was really impressed with that vehicle. I think it will. Yeah, I think it will too. I think... Yeah, the styling is really growing on me, I have to say. It's a good it, car. It looks good in, on the iX. It looks way better than the, the regular 4 Series. Did you yeah, see looks... Frank Stevens design? This is the guy who designed the original X5, and I think like the McLaren F1 and some other things. He tore apart the XM concept and oh, just yes. ripped it a new one. It was great. <laughs> I was on my list, but I felt like it was unfair to have two cars that I was looking forward to see released so that I could make fun of. I tried to pare it down to one car to make fun of. Well, well uh, really have to apologize, but I guess since this is the first out-of-spec podcast uh, that we're doing here, I could at least show everyone our new little spot, and then I got to run. But um, So let me give you a quick little rundown tour and i apologize so you know it's out of spec because it says out of spec studios that's our <laughs> official sign right yeah and uh this will become our new studio for a channel we have called daily car news so that's going to be shot in here we have um yeah some some working space in this room which is awesome we're going to be doing our scoot stuff over here on this wall so unboxing testing uh, putting together and riding, of course, scooters. We've already created a little race course and may have left a couple skid marks over this way. <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah, this will just be working space along this wall. Jordan, I think we're actually going to put the podcasting area here, mm -hmm. um, which will be kind of interesting. Then we have a rooftop terrace, which comes out here. We have beautiful view of the city. During the daytime, mountain view, direct mountain view of the full range right here out the front door, which is beautiful. We have a uh, rooftop situation above us, which is absolutely massive. And yeah, just, just a ton of space. We have garage bays with lifts. We can look up underneath cars, but a lot of reverb in this room that we got to take care of. So that's you need a lot of sound panels in there. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the echo. Yeah, the, uh, the, some of the guys on the team are down at Ikea right now just buying every carpet they can find. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you can see our colleagues next door, Ben, have this you know, sort of reverb stopper panel. Here, let me go over to their thing, and we're just going to buy the exact same material because even just listen to me in this room now i sound normal 
Oh, it's yeah, a huge amazing. difference. And it's and just it's because just... they put this thing on the roof. Yeah, it's a thin strip of just oh, wow. white sound panels. That stuff's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's literally it. It's the same. I mean, they have carpet in here. We'll have that in there. And then now it just feels like a normal room. It's great. <laughs> Maybe yeah, get a little so... extra just in case. Do the whole place. Yeah, we're going to order a whole bunch. I don't know how much it costs, but we need it all. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> anyway, you guys enjoy your show. Sorry to just pop in and pop out, but I wanted to get in there with the refresh Etron situation. Yeah. yeah, and of course, Kyle's looking forward to the ME, which I hear is coming to the U.S. in some sort of aspect. Um, it's with... possibly, maybe not, or maybe I would be surprised <laughs> if it comes here. To be honest, <laughs> well, they're going to do a, a trial run with that free-to-move system that they're trying in Washington D.C. and Portland. Um, okay, Kyle, well, did, did you did you knew the ME is a rebrand or not a rebranding, a revitalization of an old name? Right, Citroen had the ME back in the '60s and '70s. Yes. And that was the first car to introduce non-circular headlights. Really? Well, yeah. yeah. It, it was my <laughs> like this. And the U.S., <laughs> it was illegal in the U.S. because of that. Because the U.S., you know, as you know, light, lighting technology is illegal like way long after. Yeah, we don't want be. safety here. Yeah. So <laughs> for 10 years after that car was introduced, the U.S. still had circular headlights as a legal requirement on our cars. So we're oh just God. behind the times because of that. But the Citroen Ami was over in France just blazing the roads for new technology and lighting systems. Well, they're still carrying that same <laughs> tradition today. <laughs> what a great car. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. See you guys. See, See you. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting studio build. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Or, that's the first time I've really seen it. So it's pretty cool. I, I like the area. Yeah, it mm -hmm. just needs a lot of uh, work, but it's a really cool building. I mean, I think they have one of the only um, hydrogen filling stations in Colorado, or the only hydrogen <clears throat> filling station in Colorado. So oh, we could technically we could technically review hydrogen cars without being in California with that uh, if they ship them to us, I guess. <laughs> but, Probably not worth it. <laughs> it's a questionable. Yeah. Probably not, but excited to see that space grow and maybe get some podcast guests in person that's the long-term idea um but yeah i should probably take this moment to also plug um we're starting to do kind of when when possible two podcasts a week one is just dedicated to our normal show like this but then another one is dedicated to guests to talk about what their role is in the industry even if it's loosely connected so for example um just i guess this show is airing thursday january 14th math um so a couple <laughs> a couple days ago um our first one came out with matt teske from chargeway he's the founder of chargeway and that was a fascinating conversation with talking about the state of charging and charging infrastructure and even ford's meme sort of campaign <laughs> about charging which was uh yeah somewhat controversial i guess but i thought it was funny so yeah um, so be on the lookout for additional shows with other special guests on the podcast. But anyways, back to cars. Things. Um, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> we joked about the Cybertruck and well, even the Roadster. And I I'm personally really excited to see a Tesla semi on the road someday. Yeah, that's a good one. Actually, but I want to see that. I heard I, mega chargers are getting installed at certain places now for 
companies who bought them. Yeah. Um, do you, maybe it's somewhere in the interwebs, but do we know anything about the semi other than the approximate range? Like, I don't know if it's power, nope. it's charging capability, battery size. That's all going to be really interesting. Once it what I know out. I can't share and has probably changed. <laughs> <laughs> but it I actually is. know a, a little bit about the, the mega chargers and how they work, actually. Yeah. It it's is fascinating, but that's interesting really to that see them. Share. See them put out, and um, I'm just picturing Kyle doing a charging test on a semi. I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's great, great visual. <laughs> well, I think there. we'll probably see the semi level two charging test. All right, six days later. <laughs> yeah, God. But yeah, semi before the roadster. I still think roadster is like maybe how Ben sees the T50 is how I see the roadster, and that's completely Tesla fandom aside. Like I like Teslas. I think they're great i love driving them but they are not interesting to me maybe like they don't have the personality i really want like how i found mm. in the tycon um but the roadster like something that is designed like that that's literally designed for me i feel like that car it has the range the looks and even the capability i mean compared to my miata it's got so like double the storage at least um and it's not much bigger, probably a lot heavier, but it should drive fantastically. Uh, it just I hope they do those thrusters. Exist. I know yeah. <laughs> such a minuscule chance, but I want thrusters on a car because That's I think why that it's will so be delayed. cool. And I know Elon's like, oh, it'll be able to hover. I'm like, it's not going to be able to hover. <laughs> like, I just keeps... know that's not possible. However, what if? I mean, they put the stupid yoke in a car, so why not? He like, just keeps saying things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like every idea is like, it'd be cool if it does this, except he says it's going to do this. I'm like, uh, it's questionable, but sure. Go for yeah, it. I want you to yeah. do it. I actually, part of me thinks that they won't make the Roadster ever, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately. And I think it's, you know, with the referral program, they owe so many people, so many free Roadsters. They're going to build that <laughs> car and have to give away like a couple hundred million dollars of cars straight away. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to do it. I think like there's uh, too little incentive there. I mean, dis there's too much disincentive on that. You know, like I so wonder what? if they'll actually bother with it or that, or they'll make it and none of those people get what they were offered. <laughs> I was going to say, what's, what's a way around, like if, if they were to truly cancel the roadster, how do they do that without, I, I don't know. How, how do you do that when you have so much hype built up around it in existing reservations I mean, what do they do? Oh, plaid is fast enough. There's no need to make the roadster. Done. <laughs> Just Probably. turn it to a plaid. Maybe they'll yeah, give buddy. us that plaid we saw on the track with the active wing on the back and the cool arrow. Maybe we'll get that. I hope we get that. Yeah. Um, but I think those be like, oh, no, the Model S is good enough. You don't really need plaid or roadster. You know, we couldn't make it any better. We already make the best car in the world, something like that. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Probably. The roadster is too compromised. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still curious about, you know, the rumored Model 2. Like, I I don't know. I, I like to see Tesla's development, but it's fun to see all the other freaking mm -hmm. brands out nowadays. Um, like, we just talked about Polestar 2, upcoming Polestar 3, um, future Volvo products. Like, I just, mm -hmm. the XC40 was so good to me. Yeah. And it's not even, like, it was that good, and it wasn't even a bottom-up designed EV. Like, so like that, if that chassis is that good 
for sharing with combustion and hybrid and all that, like imagine a ground up EV from Volvo. Um, mm -hmm. We saw the concept V90 at CES. And like, if that's the future, I'm just all about wait, it. Wait, 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 concept V90, like the wagon? Yeah, yeah. What? I didn't see uh, this. Oh, I'm uh, finding it. Hey, right I'm bringing this up. I am finding it. Right Was it electric? <laughs> um, yeah. What? Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, this is Volvo, the car. Volvo, Hang on, Volvo. let me change my answer from the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's, well, it's not going to come out this year, but it's, it's the concept recharge. So this was at CES uh, in the flesh. Okay, it's an SUV still though. Our mind was blown. Yeah, it's did it, it look that cool in person? It look, or yeah, did it, it kind of just look like a goofy concept? No, it looks better than this in person. But it it actually reminded me of the Kia EV9 a little bit, but like shorter, mm -hmm. like like a wagony version. But like kind of like tall though. Kind of like this photo. The wheels. the wheels were too big, which made it tall which was weird. Like they could have just put a little smaller wheels. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but I was just thinking concept. today I saw an XC 40 recharge on the road with factory wheels. And I was like, maybe Volvo has one of the best OEM wheels out there. I was trying to it think some, of it have some good ones, especially like some of the 22s you can get on like the XC 60 and like the V 90 look mm -hmm. amazing actually. Yeah. Okay. It looks kind of good. That's good. Magony. Yeah. I just, love volvo i mean we i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast but like the the peak mm. like even if i could buy an xc40 it sure it doesn't have the best charging or range but for the average daily driver that doesn't necessarily matter i mean you just charge at home if you can or at work or yeah but it was like i'd have to buy three volvos i think because i'd want the white interior which only comes on the combustion Mm -hmm. And I'd want the sage green with the white roof and I'd want the performance pack from Polestar 2. So I'd have to buy a Polestar 2 with a performance pack or the, the, <laughs> the pieces. And then I'd have to buy, oh, I'd have to buy an XC90 just to get the Bowers and Wilkins and then convert that into the XC40. So it'd be a hodgepodge, but it'd be oh, just such a good place to be. It'd be the parts bin special. It'd be yeah. so good. It'd yeah, be like literally. the perfect parts bin car. <laughs> And then I could build, yeah, another Volvo and sell it on the side. I don't know. Give it like 12 um, years and like these things are cheap. There will be someone who probably does stuff like that, you know, just like nowadays be. people are diesel swapping whatever random BMW with this transmission and that body style. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, what else? So um, I guess at, at CES, yeah, the i4 and iX that Kyle mm -hmm. talked about coming this year, which I just forgot like that slipped my mind that they were coming. oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about the ix for or the i4 i mean i forgot about that yeah, car the I, ix I, I didn't because it's so ugly that everyone talked about it yeah i, I literally kind of just snuck up on everyone because you're like oh okay so you're gonna do an electric one of those looks a little concepty we'll see what happens in a few years and i saw like you guys driving it and i was like wait is that that's a thing already i thought that was like because yeah. everyone I, else is saying hey we're gonna make this car in like five years from now look at what it is <laughs> That's Here's some specs that have no validity in the real world. But they so actually did it, which is cool. We showed up, and then we f saw the color-changing IX um, before anyone. We were there the first day of setup, so no one was actually supposed to be there. We weren't really told that. So we got a great video of the color-changing IX, which is apparently pre-embargo. But we didn't know that. We didn't sign anything. So, <laughs> oh, well. Um, but... Yeah, I got to I got to shoot it before Supercar Blondie. That's my 
claim to fame. Yes. Um, was that e-ink or something? How did that work? Yes. Same oh, it was technology. Okay. Yeah, we should talk about that. Same technology as the you know Kindle and e-readers. Really? That exact same concept, just made as thin as possible and still using electric current, but very little electric current because you remember a Kindle can last four months on a charge. Yeah, it only uses electricity to what change. So yeah. once it's it's black or white, it's no yeah. power. It's just that change, I think. Yeah. So they have a lot of. Uh, let me pull up the photos here. I noticed um, the wheels were like color changed. I'm like, I was thinking, like, how did they get the wiring to work there? It must have been battery or something. But uh, yeah. So let's see here. Um, I guess they had little like we kind of tried to talk to them about how they actually did it, even on the wheels. And there's just like little tiny things. I think they're actually using batteries, maybe. That would um, make sense. So this was largely a, a proof of concept, but it was absolutely incredible to see in person like at first i thought like oh they're like somehow projector mapped onto a car <laughs> yeah. which is cool people mm -hmm. have done that but like then i realized there's no projectors we're outside this is just literally changing in front of my eyes and like dynamically all the little tiny bits and pieces are all changing with a click of a button they added racing stripes to it like <laughs> that's it pretty cool so freaking cool and How long in, till the future of wrapping your car is wrapping it in like color change e-ink or something? Exactly. I mean, that could be, that's interesting. Yeah, this was a, a, a proof of concept, but it had a lot of implications for the future. Um, and in Kyle, Kyle interviewed the lady who was um, basically head of this project. And she said that this is what it currently can do. Effectively two colors, but also the gradient in between. So white, black, and gray. But eighty percent of cars on the market are within that spectrum, right? Exactly. Now, so. So, Realistically, yeah. it's whatever color you want it to be, if you're most Covered. consumers. But she said they also can currently do four colors, and with those four, you could actually, kind of like an RGB setup, create any color you can think of. Mm -hmm. So they technically have the technology to, literally, you could wrap your car in this and then change your wrap with the click of a button to whatever color you want in any given time, which is completely wild. It's just at the moment too expensive to even consider and too <laughs> fragile. Sure. They had Did a they, second, uh... they had a second one in a trailer climate controlled just in case it got too hot or cold for this to operate <laughs> and had to bring in another one. Yeah. Wow. Did they say approximately how much this particular setup cost or yeah, would they not even come saying. close to mentioning that they probably didn't want to. Ooh, no, it was it was very much uh, uh, avoid the question type of because <laughs> Kyle asked that, of course. Um, oh, it's just she, development. Yeah, but how much did the development cost? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we're learning oh, a lot from this. Yeah, I think I think oh, she said I, I think she said fairly pricey or something like that, like very vague, well, but like I figured kind of obvious. Like we knew. I want to know if it's concept. sixty grand to do a car like that, or one hundred and fifty, or five hundred thousand dollars. That's I. I just wanted the scale almost of knowledge. I bet you it's but, not that high, but I mean, paint I feel like is twelve grand. So I feel like one hundred fifty grand. That'd be my guess. <laughs> on top of the car, not <laughs> to like produce it by mass, but to like to do that, like overall, I would think you could do it for hundred grand. It's not research and development costs, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Be interesting to see. But like you guys, I completely forgot the I4 existed. And then we were walking, <laughs> we were walking around BMW's exhibit on setup day. And there's like 
10 IXs and 10 I4s at least. And I, yeah, I didn't know the I4 exists. I genuinely missed that. And so <laughs> Same. I was like, wow, all these random like sedans, this like, well, <laughs> why? And then looked at the grill and I was like, oh, wait, it's not as ugly as the IX grill. But also what Kyle was saying earlier, the IX is way more attractive in person. The, like, that black you, one with the bronze accents look good. That is, yeah, that is the peak way to order it. Or all black is acceptable. But even white, Kyle still hates it. But white with the sport <laughs> package front end still looks okay to me. It's just the grill is kind of quirky. But well, it's I like, think the interior of that car is amazing. Oh, yeah super good it still has the similar to the s-class we had the kind of quirky gimmicky base in the seats um mm. you basically have to turn it down to the lowest setting and that's it's good then but like maxed <laughs> out is just dumb it just rattles like a crappy 01 civic with 12 inch subs in the boot like a, i don't know yes. <laughs> worthless <laughs> um and we also got to experience their new 32-inch like 8K display that they'll have in the back seat of future models, um, which they had in an electric 7 series allegedly on display. 32-inch. Yeah, it's very How wide. Can you it's even a... see out of the car. Oh, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's just wide. It's wide. It's a what was the aspect ratio? 21 um, by 9. I'm guessing. No, really. Uh, it was like 26 by 9. Oh. Or, th- yeah, it was extremely wide to where wider than the cinema. Content. Yeah, it's any, wider than like a, yeah. a film. Any content, even the slimmest um, cinema content, will still have black bars on the side. You basically would so have hopefully to, they like, fill that up with like buttons at least. I, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was 8K. very. Who needs eight K in a car? Was it OLED at least? Uh, it looked like it. It was fantastic. Okay. It has to be. Um, I was, I have a theory about multimedia interfaces in cars. And it is that uh, they are kind of pointless. Like mm-hmm. a screen to watch a video in a car, especially in the back of the car, because unfortunately, in most parts of the world, cars are driven by one, maybe two people. Mm-hmm. So the people in the back are not usually the people who are buying the car, uh, with some rare exceptions. So like you put all this stuff back there, and realistically, due to connectivity standards and things like that changing over time, which is going to happen. And, you know, you have to have the car data connected and whatnot to run, say, Netflix. Over time, what's just going to happen is someone's going to use whatever their equivalent of an iPad or their phone is anyways, mm-hmm. because nothing has HDMI or composite video or whatever. So I kind of wonder how that'll turn out. But that's the thing. Looks impressive. That's the thing. Like most cars... Even the, the Rolls-Royce Ghost that I was driven around in in L.A. by Forrest had rear screen entertainment. And it was like this is the 2020, I think it was 2022 Rolls-Royce Ghost. And the rear screens were worse than my iPad, which is now three years old. And so it's like, <laughs> especially when you factor in what they usually charge for these screens, you literally may as well just buy the newest iPad, the base one, like the cheapest $300 iPad Apple sells is better than any rear seat infotainment and a little bigger, perhaps. I think BMW is doing it right. They just have the little thing you can like insert in and they have USB charging ready. So you can just like add your own tablet holder and then yeah. there you go. It's it's your 
you don't have to worry about HDMI casting or plugging it in or it's, they are so quirky. I totally agree, Ben. But yeah, on that Land Rover had the same setup where you could have these screens in the back. But what actually happened was people bought the official Land Rover iPad holder, which was like, I don't know, 190 (laughs) bucks compared to $2,700 because your kid has an iPad. Why are you going to spend all this money for them to not use the screen in your car? And I think yeah. a lot of it comes from like automotive grade components tend to be a lot more expensive because they they have to deal with pretty extreme climates and stuff. You know, like an iPad says, don't go above this temperature, don't go below this temperature. I mean, it can do it, but, you know, maybe not repeatedly forever. And there's a huge cost with these automotive grade components and screens. Like Tesla found this out pretty early on with Model S and yeah. the, you know, screen dripping and then yellow banding and whatnot. But I, so, I think like what we need is just an easy way to put your own device in front of you more yeah. so than, uh, and if you can have a nice app that runs on iOS and Android that integrates into the car in some way, so that way you can still use a car stereo or navigation functions or something you know, yeah. through it. I think that makes a little more sense. But it, so we're that, in a weird time where I think everything's in flux with that. I mean, that being said, the it was such a novelty when in car entertainment, especially rear seat entertainment started rolling out. Do you guys have a memory of like the first time you really experienced it or what yes. was so cool at that time? Cause I have one, but go, go first. <laughs> uh, I don't remember the exact year, but it was a suburban. Our neighbors got a suburban. It must've been like a 90 something like late nineties, very early two thousands. <laughs> uh, and it had, uh, like VHS player in it when we were like, whoa, that's amazing in a car. You can yeah. watch a movie. You know, we were younger in the back, like this is amazing. And the parents were like, oh, thank God. It keeps all the kids quiet. Probably it was really <laughs> what they were thinking. Um, I think the second one was early BMWs or something was the, um, I had this weird one that like folded over the front armrest and like came up and spun. It was like an 06 maybe. It was in its first gen X5. I remember seeing that as well. But uh, yeah, I was going to say that's what it reminds me of. I do like following cars on the highway and trying to figure out what they're watching if they do yeah. have the screens active. Does anyone <laughs> else do that? I feel like I'm like, ooh, I, SpongeBob. We oh, I know this episode. That. You know, I yeah. absolutely do. Yeah, I saw um, a new Escalade the other day, and they were watching Big Hero Six, and I was yeah enjoying it on there. You behalf. don't want to pass until you at least know what's being played. I think yeah. that's just the the human instinct. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I uh, same actually same first experience. My dad in I don't remember what year it was. It was probably like oh six. He bought a oh one suburban, I think, and it was just maxed out. Had the rear screen, which was like yeah six or seven inches, um, with the VHS player, with the standard like not even composite cable inputs. But we rigged that thing because we used to take family vacations to Michigan a lot. And we rigged it up with our GameCube. And we had Super Smash Brothers tournaments the whole 12-hour drive to Michigan. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, so that was my first experience. And um, it was funny how revolutionary it was. And now I look back and it was like, how did we play? Especially like <laughs> split-screen games. Like I, we, we tried Mario Kart too. And it was like... You have that seven inch screen One. divided into four sections. So you're each running on like what is smaller than the original iPhone. And you're sitting like in the third row trying to see where you're going. That was that yeah. would actually be really fun. I, yeah. Oh, I have another one. I have a negative experience with one. Um, 
We blew. We we just yeah. We destroyed the uh, my PlayStation One uh, because we used the wrong barrel connector. It fit, but it was the wrong voltage with an adapter to try and power it and view it on the rear display of our uh, first generation Acura MDX. And Ooh. then the device never worked after that. <laughs> wow. I was trying to play Gran Turismo in the car. <laughs> it did not work. Yeah, I remember That's watching, um, I think I had the Phantom, Star Wars, the Phantom Menace on VHS, and that was the first movie I tried in that Suburban. And uh, yeah, it, it was also a terrible sound system. So it was like, I don't know why we're even doing this. It was, <laughs> it's better to just play Uno. Yeah. <laughs> But. Actually, I, I'm going to give Tesla some credit here. I think the Netflix YouTube integration they've done on their system is the first time I've ever used one of those types of things and found it to provide a benefit beyond my own personal devices. Because mm. it's the screen's well, at least in Model 3 and Y, it's well positioned, it's in a good spot, comfy chairs, good sound system. Sometimes, it, depending on whatever update was on the car, it would work really well or be awful. <laughs> but, you know, it, for the most part, it was pretty good, you know. Give or take a yeah. few months here and there. I had I had Kyle's Model Three when Disney Plus was added to Tesla Infotainment, so I went promptly went to a supercharger and watched the first episode of Mandalorian in his car. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, <laughs> it works. <laughs> Part of me wishes I could watch stuff on the screen of the Taycan, but it honestly charges too fast. Our yeah. average charge stop was like. 13 to 17 minutes yeah, or something. You so, wouldn't really be able to get into anything. By the time you like open something up and like went through the effort of bringing something on that screen, it'd be, you'd be done. See, if I had that Volvo XC40 recharge, which charges slowly, I would have enough time to watch <laughs> any episode I want. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Polestar 2 is rolling out Netflix uh, on their displays. So. And YouTube, um, I think, as well. Yep. I watched a video of that. That's awesome. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. But it, mm -hmm. you'll need it for their slower charging curve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although it was Although, improved with the um, software update, which is awesome. Like, yeah, the fact that you can improve a charging curve with software. I mean, it makes sense, mm -hmm. obviously, but it's like the the things we can do with software on cars these days is so awesome, and it's revolutionary. Um, I mean, kind of like video games. Like it used to be, you buy it, and that's what it is with all the glitches, and it'd be fun to go find <laughs> the glitches. I remember like Lego Racers 2 on Windows 98, I think it was, you know, we found where the world was broken, like where the code was broken. And now it's patched, which is a bummer on one hand, but on the other hand, it makes a game infinitely more interesting. I mean, I've been playing Fortnite for four years now and it's, you know, entirely like a few weeks ago, they dropped a new um, chapter and it's a completely new map, new guns, like it's a whole new experience other than the game dynamics so we live in a new world with cars being able to do more things and like the new tesla update helped with the sound system even more um so yeah it's kind of i don't know new world definitely yeah i uh speaking of charging curve profile updates the tycon mm -hmm. i there was like no charging data videos except for one bjorn did on the smaller battery like my car has uh, so I watched this video and like, made my own charge curve on a graph so that I could compare when I was out on the road. And it's had an update since that car was filmed by him, where now it just rips full 225 to 230 kilowatt all the way to like 52%. And then it drops by like 20 kilowatt 
It's it's like it, it rips like to 60-75% practically. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just as a recap, so we didn't actually touch on it, Ben, but oh yeah, we, we just we did a thousand just mile road trip. The that road trip, yeah, we drove from uh, Raleigh, where we live in North Carolina, to Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, and we wow. did stop by the Porsche Experience Center, and that it was, was amazing as it sounds. Boxer yeah. Spider hot laps with the top down, good sound. Very what good. Was was that the uh, what year Boxer Spider? Brand new. Yeah, it's like a twenty one or. Whatever the newest one is. Coming buy. soon, available as certified pre-owned somewhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's already I got 3,000 miles on it, so it's probably yeah, here. So it's going to get cycled out, that car, actually, yeah. I want to do hot laps in the 987 Boxster Spider. Um, which yeah, would, the older ones. Yeah, with the... we got to find one. Top. Well, that's uh, what the new one it has still. It's the same top. Yeah. That, yeah. It's I, a lot I'm easier on the new one, one though. I, good. <laughs> <laughs> the new one's actually not that bad. I've watched many videos I, about it. I think it's the same function as the old one. Am I no, wrong? I thought I don't know. I thought it was harder on the old one. James, well, at least James May made it seem like it was very hard. I think show. it's the same functionality. If it very slightly changed, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Nothing's powered or motorized at all. So besides hot laps, I mean, what's the experience center like? It's like the Amazing. God, if you like uh <laughs> Sports cars, especially Porsche, it's sort of like a little, I don't want to call it a mecca because it's kind of insensitive, maybe, but you go there and there's just the coolest cars everywhere. They've got, you know, 10 to 20 cars inside that are, you know, we sell GT3, GT3 RS 4 liter, GT2 RS, like everything they had. There's one of everything, 918 Spider, everything there was pretty cool. Um, they had all the different like design samples and things like that, which, you know, you could want to see. Um, but the whole building is just themed so well, you know, with Porsche, everything kind of is so cohesive and they've got these just little displays and they have a museum downstairs it, that like how it all comes together is more than the individual items separated almost. Um, so it's kind of like you get there and you're in this really unique setting and then there's a racetrack and cars are ripping up and down it, like launch control and skidding around. And, you know, it, it's sort of just like a, you show up and you're like, oh, I've made it to the adult fairground all of a sudden. This is kind of neat. So it has a very cool effect as that result. You can't I mean, just the, walk up and do it, unfortunately, though. No, you have to schedule it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But the building itself was actually the Avengers headquarters uh, in, the, yeah. in the Avengers movies. Is that same oh, building. So that's all you that need tells to know you how, how cool, cool the building, the building is. is. Now I have <laughs> to go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a really, really cool building, actually. Like, just... Like if you have any interesting, like interest in like architecture vaguely, you go up there and you're like, it's cool to see this design language Porsche has applied to uh, a building and throughout the building. Even the lamp posts were really interesting yeah. and uh, like design. they fit in really well. Yeah, Porsche has a very good design studio, and it kind of shows when they apply it to all these. Uh, we things. we unfortunately didn't get to go into the museum there because I think they were putting yeah. up or changing some exhibits around, so it was closed. So I guess we'll just have to go back. Yeah. And we can always eat at the oh, restaurant well. there too. They have a restaurant that's supposed to be pretty good, no. and they have a little cafe, have a cafe that, that had surprisingly reasonably priced food that yeah. looked really good. <laughs> um, so that's kind of surprising to hear. I was expecting it to be like overpriced, and well, I guess I, I knew it was going to be overpriced, but it actually wasn't, which is a surprise. It's like oh, a whole yeah. big sandwich for like eight dollars. I'm like, it's a big sandwich. I'm I'm on my way. Let's go. Yeah, we'll, we'll all load up and go do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So the experience center, but then how, yeah, how was the road trip in the Taycan? It was great. Um, 
So my Taycan has none of the driver assistance features. Like coming from the Tesla autopilot, I really was kind of worried that I would just get so sick of it after an hour of driving, you know, on the highway. The only feature my car has is lane keep assist. Uh, I don't have adaptive cruise. I don't have blind spot monitor. I don't have anything. But I actually found that because if the, you know, the car has got really low NVH levels, it's really comfortable, it's really quiet, uh, and it has really nice steering and, you know, pleasant to drive, actually. Uh, I didn't want to give up driving. You know, I wasn't like, oh, I wish I could put on autopilot here. Um, you know, would I like autopilot in that car? Sure, I'll, I'll take it. But I didn't feel like, I felt like my choice of skipping that equivalent feature as an option was worth doing for me because I enjoy driving enough that I'm not bored. Like in the Tesla, because of all the wind noise and stuff, you know, it's a pleasant car, but after a while I would just be like, I'm kind of tired of being in this environment and ready to be out. And that's what autopilot alleviated somewhat. So, and the yeah. charging stops are really quick, uh, much quicker than in the model three um, on the same trip I did in the summer. And uh, I mean, our efficiency was, it's tough to know, maybe similar, maybe a little bit higher. Um, but my overall time spent charging on the trip was a little bit less, which is a pleasant surprise because it was all 350 uh, kilowatt capable chargers on the way. So I didn't have any issues um, with that. And uh, plug and charge worked flawlessly. So, you know, I think we're probably getting into the age where the supercharger network is less of a like bullet point, maybe for decision of going Tesla, like still a great benefit. Um, you know, like the one thing the supercharger network does better than EA is when you plug in with that plug and charge authentication, it starts up and picks, picks up that charge pretty quick. Like it starts sending juice in, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. Whereas the Tycon, I noticed it'd be like 30 seconds before power. Yeah. It was a little longer. Which, like it went being used to Tesla plugging in and be like, you'd see it like, okay, communicating. All right. Authenticating, processing payment. And then it would go. And it was like, you know, like I, 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 you know, I, it's a car I would sit back in the car and then it would start charging. Whereas the uh, Tesla, usually the thing would start charging before I'm sitting in it. Little difference there. But um, the layout of superchargers, I think, is still a little better than some EA stations because all the different non Tesla EVs have plugs in different areas and ends and corners and sides of the car. So you kind of have to, like, sometimes I'd pull up to them and I'm like, where's the best one for me to park at at what angle to get? a more convenient plug-in versus, you know, a tighter spot. Uh, but that also means if you have a bike rack, it will work, which I could not really do very easily in the Model 3. So, yeah, pros and cons to each layout, it seems. Well, Jordan, that picture you just had up was at the Experience Center of, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a Porsche brand-specific charger. It's very uh, nice, that actually. Some dealerships do have, but I know ours here does not because the town literally won't, won't let them put it in. Yeah. Uh, but the building itself is super cool. Uh, on That's the like the least interesting inside. angle of the building too, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It's actually better like rolling up to it from the side. Yeah. Yeah. And there, as you can imagine, know. there's a lot of Porsches. Uh, employee yeah. Porsches everywhere. In the garage. Nice. That's a top level of a parking deck. It's like ground level, but sinks below it. And below it, you just walk down there and it's all the cars waiting to get delivered to customers. And you're like, it's just all the cool stuff there, you know? And in a number of their press cards are there too. So it's yeah. kind of cool to see. Yeah. I need to get there ASAP. Um, we had kind of a different uh, road trip out to 
Vegas um, for CES. I mean, part partially scary both and back because of the snow, but that aside, you know, Kyle's Model Three has over a hundred thousand miles. Mm-hmm. That he really needs to do, um, or I'll do it. Someone needs to do some current <laughs> tests to see what it's actually at because we were judging by the efficiency and charging and everything we were probably uh, um yeah maybe 150 miles on a charge um like we were we were not going more than 140 miles between chargers um and also along this route from denver to vegas we would have been faster in a tycon um or even a Mach E maybe, which is hilarious because Kyle brags on Mach E for charging, but there were like good EA stations versus this particular route only has uh, the couple exceptions, mostly early V2 Tesla superchargers that were doing 120 mm-hmm. kilowatt load share. So we pulled up one to one and it was full except for one spot. So we were splitting a station with another Model 3. So we were getting like 60 kilowatts. Um, multiple times we stopped when we were getting 60 to 75 kilowatt charging, even on low battery, warm, ready to accept charge. Wow. Yeah. That's the um, thing that like I, I, my, I was looking through my Tesla Fi data from my 30,000 miles I had in the last Model 3 performance. And uh, this is what shocked me. The longest distance I ever drove that car between chargers was 169 miles, which isn't a whole lot, or 160, it wasn't nine, sorry, it was 160 something, like mid 165, I think it was, which isn't actually a whole lot, you know, on a car with a 300 mile range. And I think a lot of that's due to the fact that like, you have that curve that tapers pretty early. And a good number of the stations, at least when I went to Atlanta in my Model 3, like they were those version twos, there was like one version three on the way. And the other version threes that I could have used were kind of not on the route, like Tesla route planner didn't think that they were worth using because they were far enough out of the way to negate the benefit. Um, that's something like, I think how much range you get before it tapers uh, matters a lot in the charge because that's really how much range you're going to do between charges as a result. And that I think I noticed in the Tycom was really good. I think we did 190 mile stretch was the longest we did on that drive without charging, um, which is the, technically the most I've ever done in an EV without stopping uh, wow. my, except for maybe my rear wheel drive three, but yeah. we got stuck in a very slow group of traffic. And I think our average speed is like <laughs> yeah. 40 miles an hour on the way to Florida in the <laughs> summer. So it was like basically city driving for mm-hmm. six hours or something that kind of created, it was almost 200 something miles between yeah. stops there. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's fascinating to think like we could have done the whole drive on one charge in a lucid, um, <laughs> may, maybe a short break to extend it a little bit. Um, we saw our first lucid in the wild in Vegas and it's just, uh, doesn't do it for me. It's kind of ugly actually. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of like the back of the car. The front's fine. I like the wheels. The wheels look really cool. Yeah. Did you know the wheels, you can take the arrow covers off so that they're actually like not flat interesting yeah so if you see the one that's like the twin spokes that are kind of like slanted you know like swirled around it's basically the wheel you the... see on it in every picture yeah yeah it's probably most it might be the only one they offer the blank yeah, black yeah, pieces between those silver spokes pop right out you just pull them right off and they snap in and out and then you can have a great looking wheel i can't really i tried to find photos of this earlier for someone and i can't seem to find them 
but I saw a video yeah. of someone doing it, I think on Twitter, perhaps. Um, so it, it's, that's kind of nice to know that might help to look a little, I wish it wasn't just normal trunk personally, but yeah, but it's a big trunk. At least they made the most of it. Yeah. The front looks good. The trunk just completely ruins it. Um, we saw, <laughs> we saw Tog at CES, which is a Turkish company and they made a car that looks similar to the lucid, but actually, um, the doors that do this kind of like a Rolls Royce, I guess the rear are suicide and the front are normal. How is um, that spelled? T-O-G-G. Tog. Yeah. It's an electric car. I've never heard of this. Uh, we had never heard of it either. Okay. <laughs> CES. Oh, that looks nice, actually. It, it's That's great. It's a yeah. car. It's and it great. looks like a car I could go and buy somewhere today, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, looks fantastic. And it the, the back end, I mean, it's it's fairly standard sedan, like nothing really crazy out there, which is maybe good. Like they played it kind of safe. Um, I'm not seeing... Let's see. I see a lot of SUV photos here. Yeah, but here's kind of the and the the trunk reminded me of the Lucid a bit, except just normal opening, like no weird body panel gap things. Yeah, um, fantastic. I bet you it will have normal doors when they release it. Probably. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> Every but, concept uh, has the suicide doors because it makes for a really easy way to photograph the interior space. But in reality, yep. they never really make it to fruition. Yeah, but it looks good. I I think it's pretty heavily partial funded from i mean it's turkey's first car like so Mm -hmm. there's a lot riding on it there's a lot the government has incentives to push into it to help tog so tog is backed by the entire country essentially which is great for them um really nice people hard to understand them a little bit but um they came full swing had this crazy elaborate booth at ces crazy lights and displays in this big like white tree like i don't know from game of thrones or something um <laughs> and then like i had my first like real authentic turkish coffee and turkish delight um and the coffee was not my jam but the no, turkish delight definitely... was great <laughs> i don't even like french press so like turkish coffee is probably the worst thing I've oh yeah drink. you were in no <laughs> uh, well that's that's actually really cool. Uh, that car looks really good. I hope that uh, that actually comes to fruition. For yeah, I, that's something I know. There's, what else is happening? You got VinFast. There's a so, lot of EV, uh, yeah, like outside of the US EV manufacturers who are interested in breaking into the. I'm excited for the, the bottom half of the market EVs. Anything you know that's in that like sub fifty kind of thousand dollar more attainable range. That's that really interesting. I wish those companies luck because it's harder to break in on a low price model than it is on a Lucid or something that's 150 grand. Yeah. And that's why I was like, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully Tesla does get the Model 2 out at some point. Um, But the VinFast, so me and Kyle saw VinFast at the LA Auto Show and they were showing off the E35 and the E36. I think, which was confusing because oh. that's like BMW, BMW nomenclature. Did they bring and their then, own cars or just old BMWs with them? No, they brought their own <laughs> bottom <laughs> ground up EV SUV yeah, the, or CUVs. But the Vinfast, big SUVs, three row, the thirty six, I think. Yeah. So between LA Auto Show and CES, they changed their names. Maybe they got too many complaints about the E thirty, you know, BMW nomenclature. So now they are just called the vf8 and the vf9 and then at ces which is not even on their website yet 
they added the VF5, VF6, and VF7. So it's a very simple lineup. VF5 through 9, one letter or one number for each one, and it's smallest to largest. I mean, it's about as simple as it gets. Um, Did, was the Sony car there? Oh, yes. The Sony car was there. The, the, well, the second Sony car. Actually, oh, both, were, both were there. Yeah. Okay. I actually um, really liked that concept because it had these, and I'm going to focus on the most minuscule detail, but it had the nicest turn signal and wiper and gear stocks I've ever seen because they're like milled aluminum and they had that really nice machined knurling like you'd have on a camera knob. Mm. And the button on the end was that sort of machine, circular machine concentric ring thing, like a shutter button on one of their high-end cameras. And that, I don't know why, but that stuck out to me. I'm like, I would buy a car from Sony because I've had many Sony products and they're always really nicely built, Sony, but yeah. also very expensive usually. Sony hardware nails it, but it's just not yeah, real. Yeah, they do have good hardware design. Annoying. <laughs> I know. But well, I think they, they said they were going to make this one actually, or they were looking at it. Or Sony Automo- or Automotive is now a thing, right? They should, yeah. Um, but So VinFast is interesting because it's these are designed by Pininfarina and VinFast yep. Joint Venture. So, you know, that's why you see kind of the Italian, it, it loosely reminds me of Alfa Romeo, really just with like the center thing kind of dipping down. Um, but they actually look quite good, just not that interesting. I, I think the VF8 front end looks a little Nissan uh, like cash <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's got the Korean vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the VF9 is really good. Uh, But the interesting thing about VinFast is like right now they're advertising where if you order one, you can get a potential voucher to use for when you buy, purchase the car, uh, like three to $5,000 off. And you get some kind of NFT as well if you're a pre-order customer. (laughs) So they're really trying to speak to a certain crowd there. The six looks pretty good. Actually, I like the six. VF6. Yeah. Very sleek, very rounded. VF6 is great. The VF5 is really short and stubby. Oh, it's like a Kia Soul. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the spiritual successor to the soul is what it feels like. But it was funny that first, I mean, they had two cars at LA Auto Show. And then at CES, they're like, nope, just kidding. Renamed. And also, here's three more. World Unveiled. They just like <laughs> leaned into it like crazy. Um, Shmi was there. I think they brought like they hired Shmi to come over and make a bunch of content for them. Um, it's just they really leaned into everything. They had the biggest booth in the building. Did they um, have any cars that were drivable there? Nope. No. Then okay. they don't. Even was, know they have big plans. They've announced their big plans. Yeah. Similar. So far, to, they haven't acted, but we'll see. Similar to. Um, uh, Fisker. I mean, they they have the cars, yeah. Yeah, but right. it's still concepty, sort of. I mean, they technically unveiled. I, I think the ocean's getting close. It feels like. Well, yeah, I the think. the ocean. The in in November they unveiled the production version of the ocean, but still don't have the technical things quite all sorted. Um, so that'll be interesting. But they've I been think testing it in the desert. It looks great. Um, and I think they're you can now like the... see the different options. They have like their trim levels and options mm-hmm. and features set up. There's some kind of weird choices in there, but, but that might be another podcast. The mid trim one is the best. Yeah, because you can know. But I think that one doesn't include some sort of like traction plus thing, which seems no, to be to a more one. enhanced version of all wheel drive. So I'm like, are you just going to make you know? Because it's all programming at this point. Does that just mean your 
lesser model, which has similar hardware, is just going to not have good traction control on purpose because you put the good traction control on this one. Like, I, I don't know what that was about. I don't know what it was. Like, I just thought that was sort of strange. It's not like they're advertising it as a performance benefit. They're advertising it as like, this has the best traction system. So then the other one has not good traction. That's kind of one of the weird automotive things where you have to say they're all good, but this one enhances this quality maybe. And they're marketing yeah. and they seem like, oh, I don't want to have one that's not good in the snow. I got to get the good one now. It's sort of like how it makes you feel. <laughs> so I had the GLB a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I right up really don't I like that car I've driven one. I did not like it at all. I yeah, I like it. It's not more bad than, looking though. It does look all right. All all it taught me was that if there's some way to take that two liter four cylinder turbo and put it in my Miata, it would sound so good. Because it sound <laughs> the engine sounded okay. It just lacked some power. It was it was plenty of power for the average soccer mom. Um great use of space. I like that it's boxy because it's functional. Um but what's crazy is that it's so it's it's a BMW in the German sense, not the U.S. sense. I feel like U.S. people think BMW or sorry, BMW Mercedes. <laughs> I'm losing. We're talking about mind. a Mercedes here. Yeah, this is all Mercedes. Um, in the U.S., people think, oh, a Mercedes must be fancy. Um, but this was like more of the Germans' view of Mercedes, of like it's just a car that does stuff. Um, so like this did not have any driver assist and you can't even get wireless CarPlay in wireless Android Auto on a GLB. It's not even an option, even on the highest trim, um, hmm. which was at least the, t- the 2021 model I had. But um, it was annoying because I, I had the beautiful displays and it would show me all the stuff that it could see. Like it, it, it showed me that it had all the hardware for adaptive cruise but didn't have adaptive cruise that was an <laughs> option they just didn't put on it yeah. all the ghost buttons you just like, could see those in the background she... of bmw <laughs> dashes like you could see like the lines for lane mm-hmm. departure and, like, mm-hmm. even my old mini you could see the adaptive cruise control lines mm-hmm. on the center display but mine never had it yeah i i my problem with the glb is that uh it felt like it's not the most i know it's a nice car but not the most refined thing like what you kind of want out of a mercedes at least in how they present themselves in the u.s market and then i was like "Ah, it just doesn't feel like a german car and then i realized it was made in mexico and it kind of all made sense no offense sorry yeah um but it's just like it it kind of i don't know it felt a little chintzy yeah Um, there were i feel like i'd have a discovery sport land rover instead it's Mm -hmm. the same little tiny three-row suv concept but with maybe some actual chops behind it yeah for less money i would have picked a cx5 or mm-hmm. even a cx9 uh, and had more options um it's just wouldn't have had the mercedes badge um but you know i think it's, it's tough for a company like mercedes to go down market into that segment for them to get into that price range which is very competitive with you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of cars that can beat there and a lot of different ways you can spend your you know 40 to you know i guess 30 to fifty thousand dollar or whatever on one of these because they start around you know 35 and they end up around 60 depending on what you do yeah so like the problem yeah, is someone cool. comes in and they're looking at a really nicely optioned you know non-premium brand that's going to feel premium because of the features they're getting they're going to go to this mercedes like oh so it doesn't have heated seats or standard i don't have wireless car but i don't have this or that but this car had all that standard and you know that's kind of a tough spot i feel like 
understand why the companies want to capture that market. But I also think companies like Mercedes, I don't know if you really need to go that low. I just they don't make it. You know? Yeah. If you can't del- you know, since you can't deliver the full Mercedes experience, maybe just ignore it and lean into the we're make we make expensive cars. Sorry. No. Yeah, I mean overall I liked it and I I thought it actually looked good, especially with like the AMG styling. What what do you call it? Like AMG line. AMG Sport line. AMG line. line. Yeah. I think yeah. it was like a night line or something that you said, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was, it's, a, yeah. it's a very handsome little car, though. And I yeah. think a lot of my issues with it would be solved if it was electric. Because I don't yeah. particularly care for the powertrain. Like, if I want to, to me, a Mercedes provides a very nice, smooth driving experience. And that engine and transmission combo is kind of, eh, it's a rough four cylinder. And so just get rid of it altogether, put an electric mode. And I think you can get a EQB everywhere else yeah. in Europe. So I just kind of want them to bring that here personally. Yeah, exactly. We just need It'd all be the a perfect EQ. family car. EQG baby. That's that's <laughs> what I that's a car I'm excited for that I forgot to mention about. I just don't know is that coming out this coming year or the next year? EQG. I don't know. Probably uh, I wouldn't surprise you if they were able to no get it clue. out this year, but it'll probably but be yeah, next with, year. with the square spare um, mm-hmm. that would be a great yeah. license plate if you could fit that many characters. Christ, you, could <laughs> you, could, you could you could make it work. Yeah, you could make it happen. S Q R S P R or something. Yeah. Yep. See, Ben yeah. just gave everyone a license plate now. Yeah, there you go. I'm better go get it now. Hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we'll call it there, guys. That was a great uh mm-hmm. looking forward to the coming year and we'll you know have many more episodes diving into stuff as it comes out but um yeah keep a keep an eye on our twitter um out of spec and then i'm at jordan underscore schieffer we've got mike at m underscore breeling and ben at benji underscore os of course kyle's always posting probably more than all of us at it's kyle connor yep. and um yeah we'll see you all in the next episode very soon deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.